terrible case on the front page of the advertiser today about an intellectually disabled girl having to go on contraceptives because of ongoing sexual abuse while she's been in care. She's only 13. And there's obviously uh, associated issues because of her treatment. She's apparently, according to the article, repeatedly thrown herself into traffic, um, has had to go to hospital for mental health checks, uh, has been on drugs while at a care facility after being taken out of uh, foster uh, care, but is back in her foster home at the moment, despite issues there. The uh, Child Protection Minister, Katrine Hilgard, on the line. Minister, good morning. Good morning, Matthew, and good morning to all of your listeners. This is just a dreadful case. What's gone wrong here? I mean, a 13-year-old girl who's obviously been sexually abused, investigations underway into who, how, etc.? So, firstly, Matthew, I agree this case is really, really troubling, um, deeply concerning to me, and I... I acknowledge the significant trauma that this young person has experienced across her life. Um, I am advised that actions have been taken in relation to these matters, very serious matters of the most serious kind. I've also asked our Chief Executive Officer, Jackie Bray, to re-examine this case to ensure that appropriate processes have been followed, that absolutely appropriate actions have been taken and that any necessary system improvements have been made. Uh, That will include working with the non-government provider of this residential care facility um, to ensure that they did undertake all of the correct steps. Is that residential care facility, is it still operating? Yes, it is. And are you concerned it's still operating at this stage? Okay, an inquiry underway and, and all of that. Um, yeah. I, I don't but, wish to disparage what they do if they're above board, but you've got to satisfy yourself they are above board, don't you? Yes, of course, Matthew. And as I said, there were actions uh, taken at the time and issues raised uh, with that particular organisation. But also I have asked our CE to go and re-examine whatever actions were taken and to make sure that um, anything else that can possibly be done uh, will be done because this is extremely, extremely troubling and um, I'm very concerned and I do want to to make sure that, as I said, I I am absolutely advised that uh, actions were taken at the time, but we need to to re-examine those actions she claims that she was raped by an ex-boyfriend, this is according to the article today, and then was forced into having sex with another boy. Uh, it, if, if this has happened at that uh, aged care, at that, uh, that care provider, then how is it still allowed to be operating? So, as I said, um, we, we will re-look into that. But what I would say as well is that wherever uh, there... Uh, is allegations of abuse, wherever there are allegations that uh, consent was not given, that an assault or rape has occurred, we also report those matters to SAPOL. So my understanding is that uh, SAPOL were also advised about particular uh, matters, particular aspects of this at that time, and so obviously they will... They have, um, as I understand it, conducted their their processes and their investigations. 
So this child had a contraceptive device planted in her arm. How many other children have had that happen? Well, it's certainly not uh, common practice or you know practice for uh, young women to be just placed on birth control. What happens is that on a case-by-case basis, uh, the young person in consultation with their medical team will have discussions, of course, about uh, sexual health, etc. And also where, where consent is needed, obviously DCP as the guardian of that child will need to provide uh, consent, but that is always done on a case-by-case basis in consultation with the child's uh, medical team and also, uh, of course, through discussions with the young person themselves. But there are others. Clearly, from what you say, there must be others. So so what I would say, Matthew, is that it is on a, absolutely on a case-by-case basis um, that those assessments in consultation with the medical team are made. What I would also say is that as well as those uh, discussions that happen on a case-by-case basis, The other thing that we are investing in as a government is a partnership with the Australian Centre for Child Protection. Uh, We've invested significant funds into a partnership with them and indeed with the Western Australian Government to absolutely uh, explore any, uh, uh, to explore sexual health and harmful sexual behaviours around vulnerable children in care. And we are working with them to make sure that improvements are made, again, in any processes and systems. Also, in for any child in care, there is also uh, work that is being done to embed a program uh, constructed by the McKillop Institute, which is called Power to Kids. And that is being embedded into residential care facilities to also uh, make sure that Uh, children and young people have the best possible support and information about uh, sexual health and uh, relationships, etc. So they are two really important uh, avenues, really important programs that we are implementing and involved in. But just to go back to this young person again, it is it is really concerning and I, I really acknowledge the trauma that this young person has gone through and I have asked our chief executive to go back and look again about what uh, actions were taken at the time of these matters in relation to uh, you know the, the partnership with that non-government provider, yeah. but also in relation to all of the steps that uh, staff members etc. took at that time. It's clearly not good enough. I mean, it wouldn't pass a pub test in that regard, would it? That people would look at this story and say, "What the heck is going on?" Yeah, absolutely, and that is why I've, I've asked for all of the actions that were taken to be re-examined to see if there was anything else uh, that could have been done, and obviously in relation to this particular young person, but also to make sure uh, that we are doing what we can to improve systems, to make changes uh, so that uh, children young people who have gone through significant trauma, are going through some huge difficulties, yeah. have the best possible environment. So, yes, we, we, we are looking at this again, and it is really troublesome. Do you have a, a sense that she's been failed by the department, by those looking after her? 
Well, when I have read through, I'm not, I'm not going to sort of go into, you know, the deep details about all of the the issues that this young person has experienced, but uh, having having read through, I guess, information about her journey, it, it's really clear that she's had a really, really difficult time over a very, very uh, long, long period, mm. and my heart goes out to her. What happens to these kids? And, and look, I imagine the vast majority going through the system probably sail through without without a problem, have ended up with good foster um, situations and uh, are raised uh, well and uh, and off they go. But with, with kids like this, they turn 18, they're out of the system. What happens? Do you just wave them goodbye at the door and pat on the back, no, good luck? Well, what what goes on? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. And um, first of all, about 85% of children in care in South Australia are either in foster or kinship care and then there's about 15% who are in residential care and residential care facilities are either run directly by the department or by non-government organisations. One of the things that uh, our state government has invested in since um, coming to government is an additional $5.8 million into post-care support because we know that it is a really vulnerable time for young people when they leave care. So we want to uh, absolutely wrap supports around them, provide funding so that they have the support they need to give them the best chance of successfully going on to, uh, whether that's further education, to employment, to secure housing. So we are investing at that really crucial moment when a young person transitions from care because it is a particularly difficult time. Uh, What I would say is that uh, children and young people who do have uh, foster and uh, who are in foster and kinship uh, care often have just incredible people around them uh, who've opened their hearts, their homes, their lives to them and who continue to do so post uh, their 18th birthday, which is a really important thing mm. that those relationships are maintained. Also, where a child or young person is coming, uh, moving from residential care, as I said, we are deliberately focusing on the supports that are required at that point because that is a really important time, Matthew, as you've identified that point of transition. Yeah. How long before Jackie Bray reports back on her investigation? Uh, well, I I have been. I mean, I I meet uh, and talk with Jackie Bray uh, constantly, and I will be certainly uh, speaking to her most days. I think about how how this is progressing and what she thinks, what what other actions she thinks could have been taken, and what improvements would be made. So I'll certainly be checking in with her. She is uh, straight on to this. Couldn't and, couldn't be more um, than a I'll week, though. Could. Couldn't be more than a week, could it? Um, I wouldn't have thought this will take. Like she, as I said, she's very active on it already. Mm. So I will, I will check in, and I, I, I don't want to sort of give it. It'll be, you know, done exactly by this day. Yeah, but yeah. I can assure you and your listeners, Matthew, that um, she uh, is absolutely straight on to reviewing. Uh, deeply re-examining this matter and that's certainly my expectation that she does but that is what she's doing and and we will continue to talk about any anything that she discovers or anything that she any advice that she has 
about improvements that can be made and we'll have that conversation constantly. But I don't expect it would be anything that is protracted. Okay. Katrine Hilljard, thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Matthew. Minister for Child Protection here in South Australia.